All right, bet. Let's go ahead and get into it. Peace, peace, peace. What's going on, man? It's the push part of the podcast with my man Pro Vlog, man. I'm Showtime. What's going on with you, boss? Nothing. You already know. We already talked about it. Been laid up on this couch, uh, <laughs> living uh, flu, but you got COVID, but not COVID life. These motherfucking symptoms. That's all I know. It was a whole lot of symptoms. That's all I can say. <laughs> Fan, you know when you're sick, everybody looking at you like, you sure you ain't got COVID? You got like, damn, now you can't even you can't be sick no more. You can't sneeze, cough, have water. <laughs> you can't have no flu symptoms without somebody looking at you like, no, nah, that nigga got that COVID. <laughs> that's big, baby. Nah, man, but that shit gotta stop, man. We gotta stop doing that too, y'all. Like, as as just as a nation, man, we gotta stop acting like people can't just have regular illness no more. Like, don't forget, don't act like that shit just disappeared right before COVID twenty nineteen came out. Nigga, we had one of the worst flu seasons in the history of our country. So don't don't get it twisted. Don't get it too twisted. Absolutely. And the, and the crazy shit is, is that that shit had a nigga down and thinking too, like, man, maybe this is a new strand. <laughs> it's a new strand. I got that new strand. Right, this is other shit. This ain't got none of the motherfucking criteria of COVID, nigga. But I and them motherfuckers right. talking about it's a new strand coming out, and they said that motherfucker had mutated seventeen times. <laughs> mutated? Oh, yeah, I was like, oh hell no! <laughs> they said it's in France. They said, yeah. but but just like they said, the other shit that they found was overseas, and, and next week it was in America. Right. I'm like, man. Overseas, nigga. No, it don't. It be here, though. <laughs> so, you know, fun, the funny shit that had me, and the COVID got me thinking about it. All right. So, this is spread by contact or whatever, or in the air. You touch something, you touch your eye, you touch your mouth, whatever it may be, right? What if we got some real shit that was airborne? <laughs> Bro, we'd be dead as <laughs> hell. Ain't right, no way we surviving that shit. For real. Shit. <laughs> no, you, you're right. Because right now, we can't even pass the shit on. Without having some physical contact with each other, or doing some shit we ain't supposed to be doing, not washing our hands or leaving some shit un unclean or unclean or whatever. Just imagine if you could like, <laughs> be like, <laughs> and the nigga got your shit. <laughs> That's crazy. That's I, I can't even imagine what the world would be like right now if we had some shit that was more powerful than COVID and it spread a lot easier than that. <laughs> we all be dead in the motherfucker. It was some I deadly shit happening. And this is just 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 got me thinking. COVID spread around the world in how many months? <laughs> Shit, months, days, goddamn. I was like, oh, y'all just said it was in China. What y'all worried about? <laughs> yeah, what y'all nope. worried about? We good over here, right? <laughs> See it two days. That shit had me, it had me thinking like, damn, bro, if we got something more serious than COVID, we'd be out of here. And it just make you think that if somebody wants to really fuck with us or fuck us up, they know how to do it now, goddamn it. If they didn't know how to do it before, they know how to do it now. Biological warfare. Damn. What happened? Somebody tried to call me and that shit. My phone went out. <laughs> like, who the fuck trying to call me during the podcast? You ugly motherfucker. <laughs> nah, you good? Where we at? You still you here? Know, people. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. You hear me? Yeah, we good. Shit, we good. Okay. We back home. I'm just making sure. I'm like, nigga, you over there making bottles, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nigga, I'm mixing some motherfucking lemonade, man. I've been on this little energy packet lemonade type shit, man. I'm trying to get this, trying to get my body back right, man. My son, little, you know what I mean? So 
I got to make sure 10, 15 years from now, I can go out on the basketball court and run with that nigga. I don't want to be out here fucked up. <laughs> I was doing these little uh, pre-workout joints. He said, you know, your back fucked up. Now you just wait till he turn 15. Nigga. <laughs> right. Shit. That's what I said, man. I'm trying to get my little pre-workout joints on. I got to do them. You know, I'm going to podcast. I'm going to try to hit, you know, try to hit the little treadmill, a little workout gym and shit down here that I ain't never utilized. This shit look dusty like it belonged at the museum. <laughs> so he, got his, he said he got an antique in his basement. That is my antique motherfucking elliptical machine down here, nigga. <laughs> got an antique joint. Hey, is it the one with the real thin belt on your joint? Or is it because you know no. the motherfuckers look funny as hell with the little thin belt? Like, no, I got the real shit, bro. I got it uh, during quarantine because I really thought I was about to go in. So I kind of made a, a, a overinvestment is what they call it. So now I feel guilty. So now I feel like I got to use this shit. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> Man, you paid too much for that. You just can't have it sitting in the corner uh, collecting dust in this motherfucker. Right. No, nah, man, I got to fuck with this motherfucking antique and get this dust off of it and see if I can keep my body right for <laughs> the next 20 years. But, but no, nah, man, let's pop off into the podcast, man. I know you got an excellent motherfucking lineup of uh, topics for us to talk about today, man. Episode 56, y'all. I mean, 58, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Episode 58, it's your boy, Pro Vibe. We'd like to welcome y'all to the Push Positive Podcast. You know how we like to pop things off. We're going to get into this black excellence real quick to start to show off a little positivity because we are the Push Positive Podcast. Fuck you, mean. So <laughs> we're going to get into it, man. Uh, I want to uh, start out by giving a big shout out to Elena Mays, who is yeah. a wife, a mother of seven, and she's a famous YouTuber, too. Um, she successfully earned her PhD in... Uh, survey methodology from the university of maryland she's the first black person yep. in the world to hold a doctorate degree in that field so yep. big shout out to elena mays you're doing your things you did something that a black person hasn't done in this world so the fact that she's the first one to do it again we constantly breaking barriers not just in america but around the world so big shout out globally, to y'all this globally so let's get absolutely. it absolutely so we definitely got to give her a big shout out. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Pat McGrath Labs. It's a black owned makeup brand launched by a makeup artist named Pat McGrath. Um, right now, they estimated value is at $1 billion. The brand has officially surpassed $900 million, the estimated worth um, of, the, of the company. So uh, of Kyle cosmetics are owned by Kylie Jenner. So they just called, they just passed Kylie Jenner's brand. Right. Uh, so, and they refer to them at themselves as a self-made billionaire. So shout out to Pat McGrath. Yeah, man. For Pat the McGrath, they, 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 I wanted to look some more into it too, because I think there was some uh, to their brand. I think the materials and, and the things that they use is, is natural and it's not... It's not harmful. It's not harmful. So... Uh, I didn't do my research on that and, and look further into it, but I definitely still want to get him a shout out. So shout out to Pat. You got to, man. You got to because, and simply because Pat McGrath ain't Rihanna, she ain't Kylie Jenner. We don't hear about the fanfare. We don't hear so much about what she got going on, but clearly the numbers and the dollar speaks for themselves. Um, I ain't got nothing against Riri, you know, love her to death. I ain't got nothing against uh, Miss Jenner either, but at the end of the day, man, this lady been making uh, – products and makeups for uh, people of color for a little bit longer than these girls. So, you know, it's, it's definitely showing when it comes to the ultimate grind. So shout out to Pat McGrath. 
Absolutely. The next shout out goes to Malik Senegal, a uh, 23 year old from Mississippi. Uh, he made history as being the youngest African-American to be certified as a, a Boeing 777 pilot in the world. Mm. Uh, he himself did not initially realize just how significant this, uh, this accomplishment it was or is, but definitely shout out to, to Malik Senegal. 23 years old, and he the first, he the youngest person, especially the African-American person in the world to be from Mississippi to fly a Boeing 777 and them, them big joints. Yeah, that's the ones that got like beds and TVs and shit, man. <laughs> hey, but he's from the SIP too. That's the thing though. He from the SIP. Yeah. From good old Biloxi, Mississippi. So definitely shout out to Malik for, for that accomplishment. I mean, for the people, and, and these little recognitions that we give out to these individuals, it's just articles that we read and stuff that pop up on our feed. But it's definitely noteworthy because most of these individuals go without the recognition. So it's nice to bring that little recognition to smaller individuals before they become big or when they do something like that, that helps out our community and, and gives our kids something to look at, uh, something to inspire to be. Uh, right. To show that we just not in certain certain areas, we all over the place. We just talked about somebody that was a survey uh, method in survey methodology. We just talked about somebody that got a, a makeup brand. We also just talked about a young man that just became a pilot. So we talked about this before on, on the podcast about um, it's it's more about what kids are are seeing and what they're what they're allowed to see. So in this case, them listening to the podcast, hopefully they can hear and have that recognition that, that there is more out there that you can do and that you can be involved in besides the, the typical careers that you hear about. Right, exactly, man. And that's why we do what we do, man. And, you know, what, to the folks that's listening to us, man, and, and hearing the Black uh, black Excellence piece, if y'all notice, I know I definitely notice, each week it, it gets a little bit more robust. Each week we got a little bit more to add on with it. It's going to continue to grow. Because we ain't stopping, man. As a people, we ain't slowing down. We ain't cutting no corners, man. We continuing to grow and improve the fact that we're going to be successful regardless. We're going to be uh, successful in spite of. And I think that's huge, man. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the folks that's listening right now, y'all keep on grinding, doing y'all thing, man, and y'all get y'all name mentioned on the show. You know, Absolutely. It's definitely, it's definitely nice to see and hear about people that look like us making great accomplishments in the world. So we definitely got to give shots out to those individuals that's making those moves. And we're going to keep doing that on the Push Positive Podcast because that's how we get down. We got to recognize real, recognize real. And we always going to recognize yeah. the positivity going on in our community. So uh, on a more positive or a more, uh, how do you say, recognizable note, Jay-Z and Will Smith invested $165 million in a startup that helps low-income Americans become homeowners. So it's a tech, it's a tech startup. Um, what they're hoping to do is to have a unique rent to sale model to where if you can't afford um, to be to get a house at the time you're trying to work on your credit, what they do is they help you work on your credit. It's like a program to help you build your credit, uh, teach you financial literacy. And then eventually some of the money that you pay that's going on your rent actually goes on towards a down payment on actually buying or purchasing a home. Right. So, and, they, and they got it in place to where. While you're going through that process of fixing your credit and doing all that shit, you are able to rent. Or, 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 or I think it's something where you're able to rent the uh, the possible po uh, property that you're gonna buy. So oh I yeah, absolutely. Yep. 
So and that's the that's the whole purpose of the rent to own is like you can rent in the, in the meanwhile, but like unlike other situations where you rent and those other scams of rent to own shit that they got going on in communities where they take maybe five percent and put it towards whatever. This right. program actually puts a nice chunk of the money that you pay for the rent towards your down payment of purchasing a home. So mm -hmm. they're actually doing it the right way. They did. They actually put the money up, but the people that they got running the actual programs came up with what would be more beneficial to the people in the community. So um, for all That's you aspiring home buyers, it's a great program. This is something that I've always thought would be a good idea because right. that's that's one of the American dreams that we've always been thinking about since we was kids is owning your own home and yep. being a part of that generational wealth that we talk about, which is it starts within the home that most kids that they grow up, the home that they grow up in, that home normally stays within the family to pass down from generation to generation, especially in, in other communities. So right. the fact that... <coughs> This program will give us the opportunity and access to some of that wealth and to build that wealth in that way. Um, and that's one of the starts out of financial literacy. One of the starts for financial literacy, I should say. It is. So, so I know me and you, we both owned our first home before the age of 35, I think. You know, so I thought that was cool. We had a we had a real similar goal. You know, just moving forward, setting that out there, not saying that made us no millionaires and nothing like that, but we had a, a common goal to own our first crib by, by, by the uh, time we were 35, and I think we both accomplished it, actually. Absolutely. And that, that's something that you always think about coming up. Like, we grew up in situations where the only option was rent. Right. I know me and you came from situations where there wasn't no talking about no home ownership. There was no talks of financial literacy at that point. We was talk, we was trying to figure out how to survive. Right. So all of this advanced shit that we're talking about now, it sounds advanced to us at at that point because you can't think past survival when you're trying to survive. Right. And, and, and that's just something to be recognized that when you're going through the struggle, things like home ownership don't even cross your mind because you're just trying to figure out how to feed feed your kids, feed yourself. Come up hey, with the rent. You, you, you trying to own your whip. You trying to own your whip. You ain't trying to own no house. You trying to own yourself, your body. You trying to keep from getting motherfuckers getting at you and taking shit from you. You ain't trying to give up. You know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, man. But, but yeah, man. Shout out to Jay-Z. <clears throat> Always shout out to Jigga, man. Shout out to my man, Will Smith, who really don't get as much street cred as he should. But, you know. He don't. He don't. And I think a lot of, a lot of that, that's starting to be tied into the situations that him and his wife continuously right. post online all the time. Right. And I mean, we'll, we'll circle back to that later uh, on some of the questions that we're going to have in our high 10 uh, later on in the podcast, but definitely the internet right now, I think Will Smith needs to just chill out, live his life, do what he got to do it and stay off the internet with some of the stuff. I mean, you ain't got to tell us everything. Bro. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be transparent, but it's a little bit to, we don't need to know everything, bro. And that's that's one thing I struggle with right now. I mean, you've had this conversation before. The one thing that I think if we ever to become big time is it's a few things that I, I I respect and I value. And that's one of them is privacy. Yeah. And I don't know how to at this point, it's seeming that no matter what you do, if you become in, if you come into the public spotlight, it's hard to keep privacy. Yeah. Like at some point, because the people that you're listening to, they're gonna want to know. And just by just virtue, you're gonna be we talk about things, we express ourselves in certain kind of ways, we tell personal stories, we talk about our kids, we talk about our lives. So 
I mean, at, at some point we giving people some, but I know myself personally, I still respect privacy and I don't disclose everything, but I disclose a lot. But at the end of the day, you need something to keep to yourself. Yeah, some got to be for you. Some got to be for you, and that's just a simple fact. Some got to be for you. Everybody don't need to know everything about you. You don't need to be accessible to everyone at all times, and there has to be a certain element of you that belongs to you. Otherwise, you lose yourself in this bullshit, man. This entertainment and this money and this fame and stuff like that, and even just social media in general, it's easy to lose yourself <laughs> in that. You know, so you got to maintain some piece of you, and the way you do that is through privacy. That's why I always back you on that 100%, man. Yeah, for sure. And now you think about it. I, I was talking to my supervisor today and we was discussing social media and she's she's got a seven year old daughter. I said, do you know what the world going to be like 10 years from now when your daughter is 17? Man. She just said, she said, don't say that. You got to be prepared for that because it's coming. I said, I don't even want to know. You see how weird shit is now with dating or just anything, any kind of personal interaction that you talk about. That shit is getting weirder and weirder. It's to the point now where most people don't even know how to interact with people in person. No. No. They don't. They don't. If you if you sit down in a group of people and y'all start talking and you start having conversations, watch how many people on their phone while you're having that conversation. Why are you talking? Why are you talking? It's like, fam, why are you speaking? Don't you got something on your phone to watch or to right. listen to? <laughs> like, why are you talking to us, man? We trying to, we clearly don't want to listen that much. Like, I went to, not that much. I went to a New Year gathering at my uh, realtor's house. This fool and built a new house way out in a new, a new development. And FYI, we in the wrong career path. Right, exactly. <laughs> built this new crib. It's, it's nuts. Big ass house. Shout out to my guy Jesperson. He got a big ass house way on the new development. He got a half court basketball court in his house. Inside? Inside the house. Huh? Inside the house. God damn. <laughs> God damn, Jesperson. <laughs> so it's it, it's just crazy. But while we at the event, if you look around, just the people having conversations, people talking, you can just see how much more involved people are or more engaged in your phone than they are in the actual conversation amongst all the people that's around. Wow. And it's just, it's just weird. And you don't realize it because then I, I caught myself on the phone like, how the fuck am I on the phone and I'm around all these people able to have conversation and catch up with people that I haven't seen in how many ever days or right. months or years or something. Right. And these, these individuals, y'all all got invited for a reason. Like y'all all people of substance. Y'all all people that matter to each other. So them conversations that could have been had in that room is million dollar conversations or could lead to a million dollars, you know? Yeah. So. And we and we had some good conversations. We talked about a lot what was there. We actually talked about investments. We talked about um, the new developments that's happening around his neighborhood, his new neighbors. We talked about a lot of shit, what's going yeah. on in, in sports. So, I mean, we had some good conversations, good conversations, good people, good time. Uh, we actually went downstairs and had a shooting contest. And <laughs> And he got the setup to where when you shoot the ball, he got the machine where it catch the ball and shoot it back to you. Wow, man. So we, it was like five, ten of us was doing best out of best out of five. Yeah. First of out first and they win. And everybody else compete for the rest of the spots. So we did that for about a good 30, 40 minutes. So we had some good conversation, had some good food, 
went downstairs, got a little workout on. That was my first time shooting that many shots and shit. I don't even know over a year. So, <laughs> and who who would have thought that it would have been at a New Year's party in the crib inside <laughs> somebody's house? <laughs> right. That's awesome though, man. That's dope, man. And like you said, it just really showed the developments and and things that that people was really getting into, man. Like when, like you said, you know, when we was growing up. It wasn't about, you know, having no basketball crib or no hot tub. I mean, basketball court, no hot tub in the crib. It's really about just having a place to live, man. Having a rent, a place you was renting. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too fucked up. However, we got to find it ourselves mentally to continue to level up so that we can do things like talking about my guy crib, man. That's crazy, man. Shout out again, once again, to the homeowner, new homeowner. Absolutely. You know what the crazy thing, when you think about it, Back in the days when we used to go to people's house that had like a regular house, like a three bed, two bath, we used to be astonished by this shit. Damn, they got a mini mansion, nigga. Damn. I got your own room? (laughs) Right. We used to be on some other shit like, wait, hold on, it's an upstairs hand or damn damn? Hold on, boy. Just some regular shit. The shit that used to keep us interested as shorties, man. (laughs) Ah, Amen, but uh, I know we talked about this before on the podcast, but I, I want to bring it back up again. I want to give a congratulations to the homie Dr. Dre on his settlement. Yeah. Although he had to hand over 50 million this year and 50 million next year, this ain't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. I, I was, and he reportedly worth 850 million. So with that said, Congratulations, my brother. Right. You made it out alive. Because the thing is, alimony is a motherfucker. Alimony, you pay until a person die. So for him to be able to settle that little 50, 100 million, as opposed to paying somebody till they die? <laughs> no, nah, I'm straight. Because compared to all of the other million and billionaires that we saw go through divorces just recently. Oh, my God. That ain't the bag that she got. Her bag look a little different than Bezos' wife and all those other individuals that got divorced. They got some ridiculous shit like $350 million, $400 million. Like, ah, man. So definitely shout out to Dr. Dre for being able to keep his wealth. And hopefully they can remain civil towards each other because they do have kids and they have family and people that know each other. You know, that, that shit get messy, especially when it comes down to money. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever want to be in a position to where you had that much money to where your relationships get that messy at all at every turn. Right. I don't know. Right. That's, that's not something I would look forward to. Yeah, I mean, and that and that really actually leads to how messy it is. You know, even we saw even when Kobe when Kobe passed away, how his mom was acting and all that kind of crazy stuff. Like, come on, man, let let people rest in peace. Let people do what they're gonna do. You know, because the, the unfortunate thing is, broke motherfuckers ain't got nothing to argue about. And you don't want to be broke, but shit, nothing from nothing leave nothing, goddamn. <laughs> right. You know, arguments to be had if you ain't got nothing. <laughs> and, and that, like they said, the more money, more problems, right? Mm-hmm. And especially for us that come from situations to where we came up from the dirt to where we know what it's like to be broke and we don't want to go back. Yeah, we don't want to experience that. That again. desperation of not wanting to go back and being willing, uh, being willing to do whatever it takes not to go back. Right. That's a that whole makes, n- that makes nasty situation. Absolutely. And that, think about that desperation. Not the desperation to get out of a situation, but not only that, now you got out of it and you don't want to go back. And it's people I don't around want you. To go back. To I'm back. not going back. <laughs> when I'm over to say that, they mean I'm not going back. Damn. Hey, I hear you, man. So definitely. So congratulations to Dr. Dre. 
And unfortunately, we come to that time of the show to where since the last time we had a podcast, there's been a few legends that passed away. Uh, start out with a, you know what I'm saying, a RIP to Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier. Years old. Uh, not only was he the first black man to win an Oscar, um, he was fundamentally outraged on, on screen. Uh, what is it? I mean, courageous. He was fundamentally courageous on scene. Uh, on the stage and off the stage. And, and he was known to be outspoken. So yeah. one of those individuals that you can just be, he, he wasn't your Negro. Put no, it down. He actually, he actually paved the way. He was a trailblazer um, as far as regarding to uh, the treatment that uh, African-American actors were getting in Hollywood. He actually stepped up and helped uh, individuals like Bill Cosby. And y'all feel happy y'all want about Bill Cosby, but Bill Cosby and a couple of other, and then Harry Belafonte and all them individuals, they was trying to get these guys pennies and crumbs on a dollar for the same role that white actors was getting, a, 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 at that time, $100,000 for. And they was trying to pay these guys ten and $20,000 for the same role. And uh, Sidney Poitier actually helped out with, you know, trailblazing that. And he actually had a huge role into helping individuals get their own sitcoms because him and Bill Cosby, Actually, had the first African American sitcom called I Spy, so he played a huge role in all that shit, man. So that's what's up, man. Definitely rest in peace to Sidney Poitier, and he lived a long life at ninety-four years old. Ninety-four, ninety-four. And he pushed it, so he was out there. He was talking about all that Dr. Savy shit. He was talking about how he was supposed to be dead at sixty-four with the plant-based diet gave him thirty years. I was like, goddamn, let me start eating some greens then. You know, a nigga do not like putting no greens on their plates. No. <laughs> like, what's that? Uh, vegetables, food? Oh. <laughs> I don't want no kale. I don't want no kale on my shit. Take my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking about that. It's certain foods. Can you imagine what the world would be like if what was healthy for you actually tastes good? It had the same taste, it had the same taste that junk food had, but it was good for you. So you would actually look at an Oreo like you look at kale. Yeah. Or look at kale like you look at an Oreo. Like you look at an Oreo ice cream or some shit like that. I mean, the way they got this technology now, nigga, I had, when I was in Texas, I had some grapes that taste like cotton candy. So they got the ability to do the shit. They just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, but you but this is the thing, though. Like, so they've been manufacturing foods forever, right? All this right. processed food, they can do whatever they want to. They could make a healthy soul. Somebody, and I was I was hearing somebody talking about um, it was Chad Ocho Cinco actually. So Chad always be talking about eating McDonald's all the time, right? <laughs> Throughout his career. So he was asking Brandon Marshall on their podcast, I am athlete. So if eating healthy is good for you. And it's supposed to be promoted as much as they like to say it's promoted. Why is it so expensive and everybody can't afford it? Right. Hmm. What? That's a good so, point. So, so <laughs> you say organic. As soon as you put the word in front of organic in front of anything, you can charge, you can charge up to twenty three percent more. I just ran a study on that. And, and did you? And that, when you was when you was doing that study, did you find out that most of the stuff that they put organic on ain't actually organic? It's not organic. It just ain't touched. Like so. It's not organic, but it just doesn't have any pesticides on it. That doesn't make it organic. It just means it don't have pesticides on it. But because it doesn't have pesticides on it, you can market it as organic. 
That's crazy. Now that's that's crazy right there. <laughs> so technically, it's it's organic, but it's really not organic. It's You're not like, really organic. What? I mean, if you want to go with the the definition of organic, it doesn't fit under that, but it doesn't have any pesticides on it. We can say that. <laughs> that's crazy. So and, and see, that's just one of those little slick ways of sliding. And cheating people out of their money and making more products organic that's actually not organic. But for the people that's health nuts, they just seeing that as organic and they just buying it. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, that's a dirty trick. That's dirty to the motherfucker. <laughs> but I, I wasn't surprised because we, we've been doing dirty shit like that forever. The <laughs> FDA has been wrong on several occasions. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, bro. That's the thing, though. And you talk about this a lot, and I, I want our listeners to think about this. So when y'all hear stuff, and y'all be shocked and appalled sometimes, because, and I'm, I ain't talking about just black people versus white people or old people versus young people. When y'all hear stuff, when I say y'all, I mean motherfuckers that wasn't raised in Racine and Gary, didn't have to bite the bullet every, every single time. When y'all hear stuff, y'all like, man, how can that be? We be like, well, shit, how can you be so surprised about it? <laughs> We've been seeing this shit our whole life, you know? Exactly. It's it just some things is common sense. And as some of the things is your experiences in life will point you in certain directions, right? My mindset is different because I have to go through certain things. Right. So I'm naturally curious about shit. And you're going to question everything. That's the one thing about he, he questioned everything. Yeah, because the thing is that we was told that was supposed to happen in life when you start realizing that it was not happening in your own life and you start seeing it happening for other people, you're like, what the fuck? Y'all done sold me the wrong pamphlet. Like, I thought my pamphlet said <laughs> Like, who pamphlet, what pamphlet you got, fam? Let me see your paperwork. Let me see your paperwork. <laughs> you were like, starving. No, nah, that ain't in my pamphlet, bro. I don't know how you got your pamphlet. Right. So when you start paying attention to things going on around you, you naturally just start asking questions like, man, why is that like that? Or, or why, or where did that come from? Why do they do that? And, and eventually, if America was a person, if they show you who they are, then you best believe. You have to believe and you have to start believing because all of this shit that we're starting to find out now, yeah, most of us have been questioning it for a long time. Yeah, for as long as Especially, we can remember. So if, if they show you who they are, you better believe it. I don't know why most of the time we start be thinking like, uh... That ain't who they are. Oh, okay. And, and you know what the problem is? We start living. We start thinking like, all right, things ain't that bad. And, and I also don't want to get into the point to where I think everything is is not on the up and up because there's some positive to the things that we talk about. And that's why we are called a push positive podcast. There's a lot of positive. But what we're saying is there's a balance to that. Understand that with all of those positives, there's also an equal amount of negative. Equal and unfortunately, more negative, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And, and that's what's pushed. So sometimes when we get to talking about that, it's not because that's what we understand and what we know to be true. It's because that's what's going on at the time. And unfortunately, if we have a week to where we ain't saw that much positivity, we'll find some positive shit to get into. However, it's a lot of negative shit to talk about. And we kind of stray away from it for the most part. But trust me, it's more negative to talk out there than it is positivity. Right. And, you know, that's why we actually took it upon ourselves at one point in our lives and in one part of our uh, adult careers, man. We was making positive shit. It wasn't enough positive shit going on. It wasn't enough events going on. 
So we made this year. We have the three point contest for youth. We have the uh the giveaway for the grades for the shopping spree. We we all had all we we did this, took the kids out to the symphony and the orchestra and shit like that because it just wasn't enough. So we had to create it. This is another opportunity, another platform for us to do some similar things because sometimes just hearing about it, being notified about it, being um you know informed about the things can have an even bigger impact than us take. Because we can't take everybody in the nation. We can't take everybody in the nation to the symphony. We can't take everybody in the nation to the to the food giveaway and pass out soup at the soup kitchen. But we can inform y'all of it. And if we can do it a thousand times over, it's going to help everybody. Absolutely. Also, I uh, forgot that. Don't let me forget this. I want to also give a uh, shout out to Max Julian, a.k.a. Goldie from the iconic movie The Mac. Yep. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, but, you need to know if you don't know. But he was a legendary. And I mean, to young individuals like myself that was into the rap game, uh, if you listen to any kind of hip hop or rap, or he's a legend to any rapper that you can possibly name. I, oh, yeah. They were definitely, definitely name dropping, my man. The whole his quotes. His quotes have been used in movies and songs. And so. Definitely iconic in that way and made a def a huge impact on, on our community. So definitely shout out to Goldie, uh, Max Julian. Uh, I remember when he uh, when he was playing a game, when they was playing a dice game, <laughs> <laughs> and a motherfucker tried to jump back. <laughs> motherfucker pulled a pistol out on him like get your, get your game going, house. <laughs> I was like, they come in. He's like, so I come in. This pretty motherfucker come in here. My money's supposed to stop. <laughs> money's supposed to leave when nigga come in. Ah, <laughs> uh, bro, that movie was that that definitely iconic, man. Right, no doubt, man. And, and, and we got to get back to that. Our, our black filmmakers, wherever y'all at out there. Oh, uh, that's wrong movie. Let's get back to it. That's the wrong movie. I was talking about Ron O'Neill. However, the Mac, when I saw that movie, when he was uh. When he was pimping the girls, and he and he was uh, had him uh, in the movie theater. They was all lined up. <laughs> Classic. Just having, you know, what I'm saying, spitting that game to him. That's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah, we need more of that, bro. We need Absolutely. more. Of that. We got to keep that shit going. But we got to make sure that we support our legends and 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 give them their flowers while they're here, but also make sure that their legacy live on. Right, because, you know, we, our legends, we don't treat the same way, man. Shout out to Betty White, who passed away recently, man. She was 99 years old. That was a definitely loss to just the, the entertainment industry in general. But, you know, we don't treat our legends like that. You know, we don't. No, we, we don't. don't. We, 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 when cats passing away and, and, and they time is up, we ain't doing it like how they did Betty, man. They did Betty right. <laughs> they sent him out a real going well. And it was all people because. Betty Betty White, she had a bunch of people from our community that that oh, showed really? love too, because she oh, did a lot of shit. She did a lot of shit for people that I know about. They said that she actually was one of the first ones that had hired somebody onto her um, when it wasn't showing black people on TV. Yeah, and yeah. Um, they was trying not to show the guy on the TV, and she said, "If if you don't if if you don't show him, then you don't show me." Right. So I, I mean, she had he her opportunity. Like he was doing like some styling and makeup. And shit like that for us. So he was a behind the scenes kind of guy, but she made sure that he got recognized. And I thought that was huge, man. So big shout out to her for that. And all right, and condolences to the families and loved ones. You know what I'm saying? So rest easy to, 
to all of these individuals that we just talked about. Rest in peace, for sure. But uh, let's go ahead and get into some sports. Let's go, man. man. I see your team finally said, no, nah, we don't want to play them more. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that's the thing with me, man. You know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem uh, admitting when my team, because I'm not, I'm not a, a Wisconsin sports fan. You know, Wisconsin sports fans, they have a problem admitting certain things. I don't have a problem admitting. So my team, the Indianapolis Colts. If anybody knows anything about sports uh, or about football, this week, my team had a chance to get into the playoffs. By playing, if not the worst, the second worst. Well, I mean, they was down at the bottom of the league. They're the basement of the league. All you have to do is beat the worst team in the league. And by the grace of how everything lined up, you guys will still make the playoffs. Even though y'all gave away a lot of good games, nobody thought y'all would be here with Carson Wentz being the motherfucking fuck up he is. We're going to play the worst team in the league to get into the playoffs. And these guys managed a way to lose. They found a way to lose. Carson Wentz hadn't thrown an interception. In four games, and he threw four interceptions. <laughs> in one game. So, and I saw some of the interception. I was like, I don't know what you were saying. Like, nah, and I, it, thought it point, I thought he was point shaving at one point, man. I was watching. <laughs> I thought he was point shaving. Nah, like, he, he got the longest yard. He said he had best. He had best at Vegas on y'all. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he bet against his own team, but it is what it is, man. You know, I mean, every year. You know, I, I, I expect certain things. And, you know, sometimes my whole group is a little jaded or a little, you know, higher than they should be. They had a nine and they had a chance to have a 10 and seven season. They ended up being nine and eight. It is what it is. But, you know, I got to rock with my squad, man. And, and, and you, pro, you was in the same exact situation and y'all came through. Fam, my team is the only team in America that, Got exposed and showed their strength in the same day. <laughs> Man, it's like y'all night and day. See, we don't got that. We don't got the Colts. Don't got that. We don't got that night and day capability. Y'all got that. We just gonna fuck around for a little bit and then we gonna fuck y'all up. We don't got that. So that y'all dangerous going into the playoffs because y'all got that. And I didn't find out, but and I'm not big on stats. But as far as the team with the ball in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. We was number one in the league. I can I see <laughs> all year out of seventeen games, out of the seventeen game season, we was number one. If, I if I was, nine or nine 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 games where in the last two minutes we had over eighty yard drives. I'm gonna tell you something, man. If I was Matthew Stafford, if I was Matthew Stafford or the Rams or all those people involved. I would either want to try to get on y'all team or I'd try to fuck some of y'all up in the offseason. Because <laughs> why is it that they can do whatever they want to do and they play real good against other teams, but when it comes to y'all, they just can't fuck with They can't do what they want to do offensively, and they definitely be getting fucked up defensively. So hey, and it, it, so some, some people started texting me when it was 17-0. Yeah, it's like, I, I get it. Like, our team, we like you said, we can be two different teams in the same game. And I just didn't think at some point we had it in us because the defense wasn't looking good. We weren't able to stop them. And we was fucking up on offense. I said, oh, no, that's a wrap. You can't do both. Like you said, you text me, you hit me like, I guess both of us going to have our ass at home. I'm like, but I was watching the second half. I'm like, no, bro, y'all moving the ball a little bit. 
y'all had 17 points unanswered. I'm like, oh, game over. They, the, the momentum has swung. The 49ers is finna win. But then y'all turn into the old Niners, and y'all ain't want to win all the way. <laughs> so y'all had to go in overtime to do it. Call that nigga Jimmy T for turnover. That boy had two picks. Again, you look at his numbers on paper, and you say, that ain't that, that, ain't that bad of a game, fam. But if you see the mistakes that he made and when he made them, you like, nah, y'all got to get rid of that nigga. <laughs> I just don't like, I just don't like, if I was, I mean, they lost. But if I was Jalen Ramsey, I'd be calling Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, hey, man, what's your baby mama doing right now? What she got on? Because, <laughs> you know. Hey, hey. <clears throat> we, I think right now, well, we we can use Jalen. Fan our our cornerbacks and our secondary got exposed, but our strength on our defense showed during the game. Yeah, our yeah. strength, our front five. Man, y'all had motherfucker Matt. Y'all had Matthew Stafford. Man, y'all had that little boy running around like. Man, I don't even know how y'all was sacking him. Sometimes it was one time I don't even know who dude is. I think his last name Jones or something. He just ran through the middle of the motherfucking offensive line and then retch out and grab the nigga. <laughs> like, did he just retch out? Did he retched out? Yeah. So I, it was crazy to me because I know our weakness. Our weakness is our secondary. Yeah. And we got exposed with them 17 points because we couldn't do nothing with them. They was getting everything that they wanted. And again, for some reason, we allowed their best wide receiver again to eat. He was killing us, fam. Cooper Cutlet ass was running around the field. <laughs> I don't know how he was catching that shit, bro. I saw a nigga, somebody hit the ball, and he still caught it. I'm like, how the fuck you caught it? I, mean, I said, fam. He, he saw the play. How the fuck you catch that? And they got mad weapons, but they, he their main weapon. Just like the last game we played against the Titans when we let old boy get off. So it's no, like, man, come on, we let Brown get off. So I'm like, man, it's one guy, man. But our secondary got exposed. But at the end of the day, and I told you, number 20, I can't stand his ass. I mean, yeah, he didn't look good. They were talking about him all day yesterday. They and and they were on the real. And then they threw that last pick. When I saw that ball in the air and I saw it was going to his side of the field, I was like, ah. Oh, my damn. <laughs> like, not him. But, fam, if he didn't underthrow that ball, Odell had a, he had a, he had a, he had a step on him. And he had a couple good catches that game. You know, he one of them niggas that play off confidence and play off streak. He's streaky. He had a couple and good catches that game. That, so that would have been all it took. That would have been a touchdown if he wouldn't have underthrew it. Yeah. yeah. So, but Buddy, number 20, end up with Thomas, end up with the interception. But I don't rock with Buddy like that. So now I'm like, before we get into these playoffs, and we got to play against the Cowboys. <clears throat> Which I'm not looking forward to. Shout out to my homie Stan. So we can play each other. So all of my homies that's cowboy friends, my homie Morgan in California. We've been battling since we were young kids. When I was in a foster home, he was a he was a Cowboys fan, little 49ers fan. So we've been going at it for years. Super Tecmo Bowl battle. So we definitely gonna be talking shit to each other. And my brother's a cowboy fan too. My my brother Derek. So it's He's a I got hardcore cowboy fan. Huh? Derek, a hardcore cowboy fan. It's been mad people. There's mad people that's been around me throughout my entire life as cowboy fans. I'm a 49ers fan. So I'm definitely, it's definitely going to be some shit talking going on next weekend. But our defensive coordinator better come up with a scheme. Because any team that's watching our team, we can be exposed in our secondary. And if y'all can get past our front four, front five, front seven, 
we in trouble. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, I I don't think they can really scheme for y'all because ain't nothing you can scheme for Debo Samuel all day. He a receiver. What the fuck you gonna scheme for all week if he coming out the backfield eating y'all ass up? You know you can't scheme for both of them. You got to pick your two. The the, what? the thing that I don't like though is that the motherfucking Cowboys defense somehow, some way, out of the motherfucking trenches, these motherfuckers have become like Micah Parsons and the rest of these motherfuckers, bro. They be eating. I don't even know who the fuck is these dudes. Like who is Micah? I thought he was a rookie. And he killing right now, and you probably gonna he he coming up. So and that that defense is good as hell. So my thing is, if I'm if I'm the Cowboys and I'm preparing for my squad of 49ers, yeah, I'm man, I'm man on man, I'm manning up, and I'm putting ten in a box. <laughs> <laughs> no safeties over the top. Safeties down towards the line. Debo, you not touching the ball, my guy. Nah, that's what I would do. I, I say, I say, y'all team. I'm gonna let is dude is dude healthy. Uh, Kittle is he healthy? Yep. Okay. He the thing. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you, he gonna beat me in the middle of the field, just like how they got a pick with Travis Kelsey. They Travis Kelsey beat you. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. He ain't even getting no work last game. No, none at Kittle, all. That's why I Kittle said Kittle he got beat. Last game, it was all Debo. That's what I said. I, I didn't even know dude was active. I didn't see his name called. That's why I said you, And you can uh other guy Jennings. Jennings got some uh key catches. So I mean right now you got a catch from Debo Samuel. <laughs> on the real. And, and and here's and you know what? And Elijah Mitchell. So he balled oh, yeah, out too. Yeah, so yeah, that running what really brought us back in that game. Yeah. Because he was just eating. They couldn't stop us. We ran down the field, down their throat, and they, they front four is just as good as our front four. But see, that's how y'all always beat them. Y'all don't beat them by being pretty. Y'all don't beat them with the play action. Y'all beat them when y'all say, fuck y'all. I'm going to run this ball down y'all goddamn throat if y'all can't stop us. And if y'all stop us, then we'll try some tricks. But y'all can't stop us. So we literally <laughs> we literally was controlling both sides of the scrimmage when we won that game, offensively and mm-hmm. defensively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's good that we're there. But me, I'm a real football fan, so I know realistically – if we don't come up with a scheme for our D backs to protect them, we are in trouble. Cause if we leave, if we can't get to the quarterback and we can't get to Dak, and he just able to sit back there and just pick us apart, it's gonna be a long day for us. <laughs> and for some odd reason, he's been doing that lately. Hey, before we get into the A B story, man, I wanna give a uh, shout out to all the Packers fans. They really think y'all finna go to the Super Bowl. Y'all lost to the Lions yesterday. Um, and y'all was about to lose before y'all put Justin um, Love in the game. So the thing with me is, man, I like the Packers. I think y'all got a really good team. And I said it on my Facebook the other day. Right now, the Green Bay Packers look like they might be the best team in football. Right. But that just all that means is that y'all got to play Tom Brady and that y'all going to lose to him. And I hate to be that guy to say that, but that's what it means. And I, I hope – I wish I want. I hope I wish I want y'all to prove me wrong. And they want they want payback too. You know Aaron Rodgers is thinking about that. He's salivating in his dream right now, waiting for Tom Brady. He wants that payback. Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't. I mean, 
The fans might want Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is smarter than that. <laughs> but they, hey, they down right now. Yeah. They got a lot of hurt. They got a lot of hurt players right now. This, they got if a lot they, of hurt players. If they ever wanted them, if they, they ever wanted them, this might be the time that you should be like, yeah, we'll take them. But I don't think they got them. The Packers don't because the Packers got a buy. No, they yeah. the Packers got a first round buy, so they ain't got to worry about it for right now. Yeah. So I think um, Tampa Bay play. They play um, Philly. They play they Philly. Play, they play, they play the yeah. So I mean, all the teams that's in the, in the NFC right now and the AFC shit, everybody beatable. Everybody yeah, yeah, got. I that, mean, the Cardinals. There's I not hate one. What happens to the Cardinals, man? I hate what happens to the Cardinals. I don't. Man. I don't. There's a team right now that I can say for sure that I can say I'm guaranteed putting my money on that team. No, because uh, right KC, now KC lost the other day. So there's not one team that I'm like I'm for sure putting my money on. But I'll tell you one thing. There's one thing I do know for sure. I'll tell you who I'm not betting against. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I don't care what nobody say. I don't care if they team trash right now. Every time I put some money up on a football game, it's been against Tom Brady. And guess how many times I lost? All six. <laughs> That's the last time. We, we, mostly, we mostly don't bet on no games except nope. for Super Bowl. And yeah. guess who always in the motherfucking Super Bowl? The and nigga every win, Tom Brady. <laughs> every time I bet against that boy, I lost I lost my money. And the one time I decided to bet with him, which was last year, I won my money. And when I watched that game, the joy I got from seeing how they dominated that game from <laughs> beginning to end, and it was all led by the defense, oh, man. And by an explosive offense like KC, man, you can't beat that. So – it's going to be an interesting playoffs. I can't wait till it starts. It's coming up this weekend. And I like the way they got the um, – The wild card set up this week. That was crazy. Sunday. And also they got a game on Monday too. On Monday for the first time in NFL history. So I love that. So that will be interesting to see how it works. Like you said, we definitely – we you know we have to talk about our boy AB, man. What's wrong man. with you guys? So what – I mean, be, what, I mean what, when you get into this thing – Pro, like from a from a professional professional standpoint, what well, I mean, what's going on? Talk to me. Professionally, you got to say, obviously, when you look at the the situation from the outside looking in, professionally, it don't look like he made the right decision. No. However, when you start finding out the details and the information and the nasty shit that teams can do to players, then you start having a little bit more empathy for AB, and you start thinking like. Damn, man, they shitted on my guy. Because like, really hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some incentive money was going to be owed to him if he reached certain marks. Right. He wasn't getting targeted, so he wasn't going to meet those incentives. So, therefore, he was going to get his bread. Right. So, he said, all right, well, y'all ain't trying to get my bread? Fuck it, I'm hurt. <laughs> and the coach was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And he said, I bet. I will. I'm going to. <laughs> and he literally did that. Now, did he do it in a way that most of us would have been like, ah, I wouldn't do that. But now, see, I've been in a situation before in sports to where I was getting disrespected by a coach that I had a little situation with, a little interaction with before he became my coach in college football. 
And on the first day of practice when I got there, guess who the head coach was? hold it against you. He wanted to hold it against you. I had a situation where I didn't handle myself the best and I flipped out. But the problem is, is that there's a power structure there. There's somebody, and you got to think, at this point, and, and at that level and on the level that I was at, we grown. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to people a certain kind of way. You can't, and you should. As a grown man, you, there are certain things you don't say to another grown man. Now, you're not talking to little kids to where you're trying to build them up, break them down, build them up, break them down, whatever it is that you try to get them to understand. Right. To learn life lessons while you're teaching them during sports. As a grown man, you pass that. Wait, I don't so, need that no more, nigga. So you got to handle things in a certain kind of way. Now, if Antonio is expected to handle and conduct himself in a certain professional way, mm-hmm. that goes for the coach as well. So it's that in the middle of the game, you tell him, get the fuck out of here. Right. So at the same weight that we looking at AB, is the same way we got to look at Bruce Arians. Right. And be like, both of y'all didn't handle that situation professionally. So whatever consequence AB going to get for that or fine or whatever it may be, the coach needs the same kind of fine or something similar, or it needs to be addressed. Put it that way. Because if they so, don't address AB so they they always they're always trying to take a backdoor thing, right? So the NFL said exactly what you said. Just as Antonio Brown is guilty, then Bruce Arians is just as guilty, and the coaching staff is just as guilty. Y'all don't know if you heard for real. Y'all can't talk to that man like that. But it's always got to be a spin on it with us. Oh, just two weeks ago, he had a fake COVID card. So, who who's really at fault? Like, what the fuck? Like, why mm-hmm. y'all? Why it always got to be that? Now? Why it can't just be like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander? It and is. It's never. He had a fake COVID card. <laughs> and, and it's never. We, we watched this play out in so many different ways in the NFL. And it comes out that <clears throat> that ain't the first time that teams have ever did that and said, you need a 1,000 yards to get this incentive. No. Or you need to play a certain percentage of plays to get this incentive, and all of a sudden they that player don't the get game. the ball no more, or they don't put you in the game, or they yeah, know you can't right. Make them put you in the motherfucking game. No. So what I'm saying is, when you see somebody snap out like that, my first knee jerk reaction is to say, "Ab, yo ass, wildin' boy, <laughs> you a wild boy." And the funny shit is, cause we do music. This <laughs> fam drop. A song that same day. <laughs> Damn. Uh, he dropped a song that same night. And he went to the next game after that, I think they said. He was in Brooklyn. So he went the to the game. Yeah. So, and, and you know, Ant- I've seen A.B. do some funny shit and some weird shit. And I'm just like, all right, man. Obviously, he a wild boy. And he a character. And we love characters like that. And it's cool with me. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, a lot of people start going towards oh, it's mental health. I'm like, man, y'all don't know if it's mental health. Just because people handle things a certain kind of way, they don't always make it mental health. Now, I'm on the mental health side of things, and and, and if it yeah, is mental health, you need help. But don't jump to that mental health shit every time somebody do something that you don't agree with. Like, that's just a way to dis- disregard people and how they really feel and what you did to them. So if you do something to me, and I feel victimized, and I respond in a certain kind of way, because we all you can do whatever you want to do with people, but that means you can't tell them how to respond to it. Right. You don't get to tell people how to respond to it, just like we don't get to tell you that you can't say what you said. Now, when you do it, now you got to deal with whatever comes with now, it. Now, the response might be, like, what you did might be out of pocket, so the response might be out of the pocket. 1,000%. <laughs> so I, I just think that it's just one of those situations where 
I mean, it's it's obviously overplayed because who it is. It's A B and they've been they've been after him forever. So anytime he mess up, you know it's gonna make big news. And oh, yeah, you know you had your interviews. He did in Pittsburgh. He did a, you know, uh, 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 just a subject of ridicule and stuff like that, man. But you know, I really do hope. You know, I mean, he had literally retired. He was like doing a podcast and doing a TV show and shit like that. So you know, right. even individuals like Terrell Owens and all these other guys, man, they they may never get they just do. You know, as receivers and. The receivers are always looked at as dramatic. But at the end of the day, man, we really got to start realizing that this really is a business. This shit is a business, and we can't take it personal whether you got your incentives or didn't get your incentives or whatever the case may be, man. This shit is a business, and and and, and if they can avoid paying you a million dollars. And here's here's the payback, though. So if it's a business and we got to start treating it like a business and not take it personal, it needs to go both ways, though. Yeah. So when players start doing things to protect themselves and to run their business as a business and not just a body, right? this game goes to shit. If the players do to the NFL what the NFL do to the players, none of us would love this game. And that's what, that's what we run into in the NBA right now. Nobody would love the game. It, it would just go down because at the end of the day, we all be looking like, why come we just can't get to the sport that we love and actually, but here's the thing. And that's why I'll never blame the players because I know how nasty the machine is. Yeah. And when, when the when the machine that nasty, you got to take into account all the nasty shit that is ever done to every player. Right. Even now the NFL is fighting to not give people benefits and take care of people that have risked their body and put their brain and their body on the line. They are fighting not to pay those individuals. Right. So you think I'm going to have empathy for the NFL and say, nah, it's just a business. Nah, man, I ain't honoring that. See, and we got to stop having that thought process too because that kills it for the players. Because we always going to look at it that way and, and that's the old shut up and dribble attitude. Like, And it's like, nah, if, if we're going to treat it and if it's a business, it's only a business when we start talking about what the players should do different. Right. Right, the players they should like, do this right, different. What, they they got to understand. What, what, they got to understand. What we doing is good. What we doing is good. But but it's not helpful for everybody. There may be some holes to poke into it. Now what we doing is good. What the fuck y'all gonna do? <laughs> Absolutely, and and I and that's why I never I never never subscribe to that kind of thinking where we get we just got to say it's personal when it's the player, but it's a business when it comes to the NFL. No, I ain't honoring that. I've been off of that a long time ago. No, it's always a business. It's, it's a business for both parties, but uh. But shit, man, I know we limited on time. I definitely want to get into this hot ten. We got to do this. There's some new shit you presented to us. We got to do it. Let's go. For sure. Hey, but before we do that, I wanted to say welcome back to Kyrie and Clay. They came yep. back. They're busting ass right now. Both of them don't look like they lost a step. Can't wait to see these brothers play for the rest of the season and, yeah. and get them buckets out there. Because whoever play against them, you know they're giving buckets. They hey, both look good on their on welcome back game. My guy, Clay Thompson, man, you know, I've been a Warriors fan for as long as I can remember, man. I, I really didn't even think he was going to come back like that because we got a lot of young guys, man. Jordan Poole, shout out to Jordan Poole, man. Dude really for put sure. the Warriors team on his back and been doing some numbers that we haven't seen in a while out there other than from Clay or Steph. So they looking like they looking like the old Warriors. When they got wet. The dominant Warriors when they, they was killing wet. Oh, real. And you, you, you know how I can tell that they back to that old form? 
they whole squad hitting threes. And they all snickling and smiling like them light-skinned niggas. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of light-skinned niggas snickling and smiling a lot all over the court. You know Black y'all boy. doing some good shit. When your whole team hitting threes, oh, yeah, they yeah. back into form. Yeah, they out there. They back at the it. They, they, absolutely. They going, they going back to it, man. Yeah, but, uh, they defense quite a bit, but yeah, let's, let's get into this. Let's get into this hot 10 real quick, man. You know what I'm saying? It's five questions apiece. Any topics? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. Your boy Jim Jones said his mom taught him how to tongue kiss. God damn it, man. What's your thoughts on this, man? And, I, and Jimmy been killing. The man been a mogul uh, in investments and, and showing people how to hustle since the time that he got in the game, reinventing himself, constantly coming up with different ways to get money, NFTs, you know what I'm saying, crypto coins. He got his own crypto coin right now, so he's killing it as far as investments and being a man and holding it down and helping other people out as far as that. But he had to say that, and I was like, at first I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, mom taught him how to kiss. Then I was like, wait, French kiss? I'm like, that's tongue kiss. I'm like, how you do that? I'm thinking like she explained to him how to kiss. No, she actually put her tongue in his mouth. I read the I read the article. Bruh. I read the article on Thursday last week when it came out, and I was like, "What the wait? What the wait for real?" <laughs> so it, it was a lot of backlash, man. You know, it's a lot of backlash. It was motherfuckers on there talking about everybody want to talk about dead be dads, but it's these sick, sadistic mothers that do this to our kids to make them this and that. And that. So it depends on how you weigh in on it. My quick answer to that, man, because I know we live in all the time. My quick answer to that is I think it's some sick stuff going on in our African-American communities that never get talked about. I regret that I had to read that article and, and hear that. But the fact that Jim Jones talked about it 20, 30 years later as if it was nothing, it's 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 it's, it's, it's some mental health stuff we got to deal with out here, y'all. And I, I was like, teach their own at this point. I wouldn't do that with my kid, Mm-mm. and I would hope that somebody that I'm dealing with wouldn't do it to our kid, but I don't know, man. It it, would, it just caught me off guard, and he said it during a podcast with Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And as soon as he said it, you can just tell the whole room just got uncomfortable. But the thing is, he when he said it, that I was watching, I was listening to the video, I didn't see it, but I was listening to it. When he said it, he said it as if it was some normal shit. Like, we all learned how to kiss from my mom. Yeah, and they was like, <laughs> you can what hear the, the uncomfortable giggles in the room. I was like, yeah. the shit caught me off guard. I ain't going to lie. It killed, it killed I, me. I said, what? Who did, did he it? just say what I thought he just said? Right. Oh, man. So, I, I don't know, man. That that was some odd, that was some odd shit to me. I don't know. I've never experienced that. I ain't never heard nothing like that before. That's my first time ever hearing that. I got a, I got a certain relationship with my mom, and not everybody have a relationship like that with their mother. <laughs> I do anything like that, I couldn't even begin to begin to talk about or think about what that would seem like or feel like physically or mentally to me. So when I heard it, I, I just threw it out the back door, you know, because everybody got a different relationship with their mom. You know, if Jim grew up with his mom and he's seeing her fuck niggas in the crib and all this kind of stuff. And, and just having a different perspective of her, that's maybe that's what that could lead to. But I didn't have that relationship with my mom. I didn't need my mama didn't need cuss in front of me, man. So it is what it is. All right, what's your joint? Um, shoot. Let's see. We got we got hot five. I mean, uh, hot ten, but it's five questions. So, um, the question is, 
you know, does a woman's success intimidate you as a man? Do, do, does a woman being successful, doing her thing, having shit, does that intimidate you as an individual? Like, what's your take on something like that, man? I, I don't believe that it intimidates me as a man because I, I grew up in a household where I saw my mom and the people around me struggle or have to get it out the mud. So it don't necessarily intimidate me as a man. Um, I also grew up around where uh, in an environment where the man was supposed to be the breadwinner, but most of them was failing at that, failing at that at the time. But there was also a lot of examples around me of individuals doing it the right way. So I wouldn't be necessarily intimidated by me. There's nothing in me that says that that would intimidate me. So it's not something that I, I necessarily look at as a negative. Uh, and these days, man, you got to get it how you live. And if somebody's the breadwinner at that time, hopefully you're not milking off of that, but you actually contributing to that individual and making sure that you succeed as a couple. So um, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all, to be honest with you. I like that answer, man. Uh, my my take on it is it depends on how a person utilizes that 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 type of success. Because if a motherfucker walking around the house talking about can you go outside and cut the grass? I pay for everything else around this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, damn, your success is your success is intimidating the motherfucker. So I guess it really depends on how the family dynamic is and what that means to the family and how we all look at each other as individuals and role players in the family. But no, nah, I'm not a, I'm not intimidated because eventually, you know, because I got so much love for my sisters, my black women, and, and just people in general. Hopefully, everybody starts getting paid the same amount. And I know right. they be working, working right, way harder at jobs than I do. My sister work at my job. I be looking at her like, damn, bitch, uh, you just got here. <laughs> you need to slow down. They gonna be expecting me to do some shit because we were raised at the same house. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, I and I think I think that like you said, the response that most people get confused with. I'm not talking about the woman's attitude from her pay or what you may have to deal with because you get paid more. I'm talking about specifically how you feel on would you be intimidated by. So that's a good, actually, the way that you answered it because that also brought up the question that most people would think about when you ask them that, which is the shit that they think they may have to deal with from a woman that make more money than them. Right. So, which is a different question, but and we'll definitely touch on that, that subject at, at some other time too, but what's your thoughts on posting your life on social media? Nah, man, I, I think that's over with, man. Uh, shout out to Tiana. She just had a little baby, man. And uh, Lisa's daughter, Tiana, just had a baby. And Absolutely. he decided, I'm not going to post him. If motherfuckers see him on social media by chance, I'm not going to post him because he deserves better than that. I deserve my privacy. He deserves his brand new privacy. He don't even know he got yet. But at the end of the day, it's really about, man, do they do do they deserve, do, do individuals deserve to see everything? Now, with us, if we decide to post pictures of us on the podcast, doing the podcast, and shirts for the podcast, and stuff like that, yeah, that's fine. But I ain't got to post. Yeah, man, I, I have some ice cream, and I'm lactose intolerant, so now I'm in the bathroom for all the rest of the afternoon. You know what I mean? There's certain shit you don't got to post. I'm not for it, man. I use social media for what it's for. It's to promote. It's to advocate and share things that I want people to know about me, the things I don't want people to know about me, I keep to myself. Absolutely. And I, you know how private I am. So I don't mess around with social media like that. So there's not a lot that I will put on social media. I don't post that much. There's certain things that I can get behind and other things that I'm just quiet about. So, you know, after having a stalker on social media, you know, I, I've been not rocking with it for a long time. It's too much of your life 
already as is online that people got access to. I don't want to contribute to it as much as I don't have to. And there's very little shit in life that could make you forget that situation. <laughs> I definitely understand you. But the next question, man, what's going on? So, and and, and let's be honest, y'all. Things have changed. Things are changing, and they're going to continue to change. They're not going back. So, would you be comfortable being in an open, a quote-unquote open relationship? No, nah, I'm too insecure for that. I'm too way too. I'm way too insecure for that, and I know my strengths and my weaknesses. And Sharon ain't one of them, especially in that department. (laughs) Sharon ain't one of them, so nah, I wouldn't be cool with that. So that's not that's not in my. I know it sounds like a great thing, but you know, I ain't with it. I'm sorry, my bad. (laughs) And that's my own insecurity. So that ain't got nothing to do with my partner. That's just mine. No, and I'm the same way. So it go back to what what we start calling relationships. If I if I say I'm in a relationship with you, that means that me and you is in a relationship, not me, <laughs> you, and the next motherfucker or who it could be. So even on my end, I ain't trying to fuck with no extra bitches, and I'm assuming you ain't trying to fuck with no extra dudes. You know, right. so you know that's I I don't want to say come. <laughs> I, I I can't be comfortable. I guess, and we'll deal with this on another uh podcast. If you're not comfortable being in an uh, open relationship, how comfortable are you with having a one-time threesome? We'll figure that out. That's another, another question <laughs> that you had. What's the next one on the list? Dude? The next joint is, if you say, say for instance, you're working in an environment where it's kids. At. I saw a video online. This girl, this student, slapped the taste buds out of her teacher's mouth. I saw his soul leave through his ears. <laughs> Clean slapped out. <laughs> what's what's your response? <laughs> Damn, bro. That's hard to say, man. So, and the reason why I say this is because well, I was just having a conversation with an individual about this the other day. So, the teaching and educational profession, profession has almost become something just so undesirable that if they don't double the pay, they're not going to have any teachers. Like, right oh, no. now, COVID 1, and everything going on, and all that kind of stuff in the Green Bay Public School System, they saying if you're a janitor, if you're a cafeteria lady, if you're a, a lunch matron, if you whatever, because you hit already, bitch, you could you could be a teacher now. You don't even need the degree. You don't got to go to school like niggas that spent years and years in the educational system. You don't got to do that because of COVID. We going to let anybody be the motherfucking teacher. And my guy told me, man, I'll kill myself before I teach these motherfuckers. I was like, damn, nigga, you work at the school already. He was like, yeah, it's, I work with them. I'll talk to them. It's, get, it's getting that bad, man, to be honest with you. And you know what brought light to it is when COVID happened and all the kids had to stay at home and the parents had to help teach and teach their kids. Oh, yeah. And they found out how hard it was to be teachers. They was like, if y'all can get y'all ass back in there and take the mask off. And, and, and in your own home, the kid that you thought that would listen to you on a regular basis is now not listening to you when it comes to education. And that's what the teachers got to deal with every day. Absolutely. And the parents start realizing that. So, I mean, me personally, I worked in environments where kids were slapping people and and hitting people in the head with pieces, slices and milk cartons (laughs) with piss and and milk, milk that's been sitting with piss in it, sitting next to the, the heater, the radiator for two weeks. And then, throw it at the staff and let all that shit. Oh. Nah, man. I look, look, I've been around that environment. So me, I'm professional. I am going to um, politely put you in what we call a physical restraint Fuck you up. <laughs> and hold you until the officers get there. So I can prevent myself from not uh, being 
unprofessionally judged. How about that? <laughs> but yeah, crazy. man, that's we we normally would get to a high ten where we got to do a high five today because we ran short of time. But we definitely gonna bring that back on the next episode. We're gonna get y'all another high ten. Um, we got some more funny shit coming out, so we're definitely gonna ask some questions and and add in some some new layers. On we definitely probably gonna have a new uh, replay vac replay value track of the week next week. So, yeah. But you know how it is, man. It was a good episode for, for all of you individuals that's listening for the wrong and the right reason. You already know what it is. It's your boy, Provoc, the EC affiliate to my far, far right. I'm so fine. And you already know what it is. Thanks for listening. It's episode 58 of the Push Positive Podcast. Here seeing, feel the movement. Bless up. Peace, y'all. Peace.